all right so uh, firstly thanks to all the participant for joining in today it's a weekend uh, saturday uh, evening so i think uh, all of you have joined this clearly indicates to me that all of you are really serious about creating wealth so thank you so much for joining in uh, you know before we start the session today i take this opportunity to uh, thank uh, all the viewers and all the associates who have been associated with us i am glad to share that we have now more than 5000 investors who have been associated with us so far uh, in last uh, one year so i remember when we started this business uh, last year i had this clear uh, agenda in my mind that you know we want to empower the investor community with more knowledge i mean especially when i see my career and look back i come from very uh, small city and uh, come from very humble background thanks to my father who helped me to you know complete my post graduation from pune and uh, you know based based on the studies and and whatever little that i could do in my career is only because of uh, because of the education that i got so our ambition and my ambition was very very clear that we would like to empower and educate uh, as many investors as we can and our first milestone i would say was achieved when we had more than 5000 uh, attendees who have attended our webinars uh, or have been associated with us so once again i would like to thank all the participant all the audience for uh, uh, joining in this really makes us even more uh, responsible and uh, encourage my team to organize uh, more knowledge based uh, sessions like this so once again thank you so much uh, uh, participants and thank you so much for having trust on us now we'll move on to the topic today uh, so today we've invited mayur from uh, anandrathi advisors uh, well all of you might be knowing anandrathi because they have a very strong presence as far as broking business is concerned and it's a decade of history uh, you know where they've been uh, very good at uh, in terms of executing the transaction on their broking platform uh, and they are also known for one, they are one of the largest wealth management firm in india uh, they are known for their wealth advisory and apart from that what i get to know when i interact with uh, you know uh, people from anandrathi is that now the clearly the focus has been shifted to asset management business as well since they bring lot of capabilities institutional capabilities and research capabilities on the table they decided that they would continue to build their asset management piece as well so the anandrathi advisors started uh, this business uh, somewhere at about 2016 or so and uh, they have been running a couple of portfolios there are three portfolios they've been running and uh, today we've invited mayur shah to understand more from him in terms of how does he construct the portfolio so mayur hai Uh, let me take a minute quickly to introduce uh, Mayur. Mayur has over 15 years of experience, and he has been working with Anand Ratif uh, since 2007. So I think um, in the early stage of uh, his career, he joined a, a large organization like Anand Ratif and and grown many folds uh, in terms of his career. And uh, after spending uh, now eight years, he is now heading the uh, fund management team out there. He is head of equities there, managing all the portfolios. particularly we thought we'll discuss more about one of their thematic portfolio which is mnc portfolio so we thought particularly we'll try and understand how these big mncs you know so called conglomerates in india how do they sort of operate what are their uniqueness and should we really consider their in should we really consider investing in those companies so uh, welcome on the show of ask the expert mayur yeah thanks thanks a lot vikas ji yeah 
So it is our pleasure to have you on uh, this show called Ask the Expert. See, let me just take a minute quickly to tell you the format of the show. So the format of the show is very, very simple. We invite industry experts like you. You know, we shoot questions on behalf of our investors. Sometimes difficult questions, yeah. sometimes easy question. Yeah. And the whole idea of uh, you know uh, asking this question is to uh, try and answer you know uh, their questions, and we try and understand their situation. You know, when it comes to investing, what should be the best advice? Uh, so one disclaimer here, uh, whatever stocks that uh, Mayur is going to talk about, uh, before you invest there or before you invest in PMS, please either consult with us or you consult with your investment advisor uh, and just don't go and make investments there. So uh, uh, Mayur, uh, if you could uh, uh, quickly introduce yourself and the uh, you know company uh, or talk about uh, what's your uh, stock selection process, you know, which you follow. Or you, which you want your uh, team and analyst to follow in your organization? How do you look at that? And then we'll go to other questions. Correct. Do you want me to share the presentation also in between? Is yeah. that fine? If you wish to, yeah. You you have a right. Uh, let me share the rights with you. Uh, you want to put a PPT? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in between, whatever many doubts get clear from the PPT itself. Uh -huh. Sure. Okay, uh, you can do so now. Right, right, right. So before jumping on to the presentation part and everything, I will try to cut it short and I will make it very crisp so that we can answer a lot many questions. But before that, let me introduce myself. Uh, I've been part of Anandati Group from 2007, worked in various uh, verticals. Uh, I was part of wealth management product team for two years and then uh, subsequently got into product development and product management and finally from last eight years i've been part of the portfolio management department and last four years back i've got an opportunity to be a fund manager so i'm managing the two schemes within anandrati group uh, one is mnc pms and another is impress portfolio so right now i'm going to speak more about this one of the unique theme uh, the mnc portfolio which is there and uh, just to give you like why it is always important to try and understand each and every product uh, because uh, by the name PMS, it's very difficult to understand what is the underlying objective philosophy of that fund because each and every portfolio manager will have their own uh, risk adjusted uh, parameters that they have set across. Uh, if they are taking a higher risk, then people do expect higher return and if you are taking little lesser risk then even a reasonable return is also okay because different set of clients do attract to get different kinds of investment because the objectives are different uh, so let me first uh, start with very quickly some key objectives of uh, why we have chosen uh, this multinational company's portfolio and what is the uniqueness of the same uh, is the presentation visible yeah it is Fine, fine, fine. So just to give one clarity, like my uh, name, MNC, uh, uh, people do get confused, like are we investing into Google, Amazon or Facebook? That is not the case. We are only investing into Indian listed companies, okay, whereby the promoter holding, the promoter group is sitting outside India. They are controlling the show. We have a foreign promoter who is actually controlling the show. So this is one more, one clarity that everyone needs to keep in mind. We are very much focusing on India growth story. We are not moving out from the India growth story. So that is where the focus is. So you have, many names are there in front of you, like companies like Hindustan, Unilever, Maruti Suzuki, Nestle, Britannia, Bata, Colgate. So all these have foreign promoters who are running the show. So that is where we are investing into. 
uh, why we have chosen this particular theme um, many of you must be already knowing it these are tried and tested business model yeah, we can safely rely on these companies these are not like fly by night of uh, kind of a company they have a strong business model multi decade experience they are having and they are always ahead of the curve because they spend lot of money in r and d technology and brand building so that is where they get always a key advantage uh, in compared to the other players in the market second important advantage is in terms of corporate governance standards very rarely we have find any kind of corporate mismanagement or fraud in multinational companies which are listed in india i am not saying a foreign player cannot do any fraud or mismanagement but you can imagine a size of a company with multiple economies and geographies they are catering to they are very unlikely to have any kind of practices which can impact their global brand image so their corporate governance standard is quite high if you look at the balance sheet strength most of the mnc companies which are listed in india are debt free company cash rich company their cash flows are positive and they are uh, working capital management the within limited number of assets and limited working capital they are able to generate higher turnover and that is the reason their return ratios are quite superior and this is because more important because when times are challenging markets are pessimistic cycles are down and when your when there is a strength in the balance sheet it really helps you to overcome those challenges and when market recovers they are the first one to recover also some special opportunities keeps on coming to these multinational companies because of high cash flows in their books they are cash rich company and they easily becomes the takeover candidates by global giants which are there and many a time promoter themselves are looking how they can increase their own shareholding from the public and in bargain they have to come out with the delisting offers and this always has the shareholders value enhancing mnc whether mnc as a theme will work or not so before starting with this portfolio we have done lot of brainstorming also and we had done one analysis like how we have nifty index we similarly have nifty mnc index also and over the last 15 years what we have seen nifty mnc index has been able to beat the nifty index or at least they have been at par with the nifty index but what is more important is the consistency so if you look at the average three year rolling return over the last 15 years nifty mnc index is having better rolling return in compared to nifty index so that shows the consistency and if you look at the volatility the annual volatility of nifty mnc index is better compared to nifty index so although this portfolio is as good as kind of a large cap i can say in terms of risk level it is on a lower side still it has a tendency that yes we can able to beat the nifty over the longer run period or at least be at par with the nifty index now why this becomes much more critical uh, many people do ask the question like uh, it's uh, the risk and reward is very much reasonable i can say case you are looking at somewhere Uh, the returns are which is very much uh, reasonable as compared to the broader market uh, but just to give you an example there are many clients when they invest they are very cautious about the uh, portfolio they are very conservative in their investment they want to put money into equity but because of the experience they might be having some bad experience in mind and they are not putting money over there yeah i was coming to that yeah right, so right. what do is once your presentation is over will i have few questions for you no no problem yeah. no problem definitely i will try to address the same so just quickly uh, maybe uh, stocks that are there as of now 
the part of the portfolio. The, it's a multi-cap style portfolio, large cap, mid cap, small cap. We invest in all the three categories, but maximum stocks are into large cap. And it's a very well diversified portfolio, except for banking stocks, banking and financials. Most of the other sectors are getting covered in this particular portfolio. So right now, 18 stocks are there part of the portfolio. We go maximum to 20. 20 is the maximum limit we keep. And this is the performance so far in front of you. It's pretty slow and steady, but a decent return, I can say. We have started in March 2018. So you must have seen in 2018, there was a broader market correction. And again, there was a COVID correction in 2020 also. So it's a pretty linear return that what investor has made. So objective of that, this fund was also to have a portfolio with a limited risk on the downside, or we can reduce the risk as much as possible. And the client should be able to make a sustainable, a decent return over the longer run period. So this is it about uh, maybe if you have any more questions, queries, yeah, sure. uh, definitely we can take one by one on the yeah, yeah. So the first question is, you know, why only MNC companies and not other companies trading on exchange? I mean, okay. As far okay. As right. 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 Yeah. Fine. Fine. So, uh, definitely, there are I think more than uh, four and a half thousand companies which are listed on exchange at this point of time, uh, and every uh, theme or the philosophy when we have uh, designed it is based on an objective. So, for in this particular portfolio, our objective was very clear that we wanted to have a moderate to conservative portfolio with a lesser drawdown, the risk level should be on the lower side and a reasonable return should be made by the client. So that was the focus over here. And after doing a lot of brainstorming and understanding and some key benefits, advantage, what these MNC companies by default possess, because any fund manager will have their own filtration criteria. So they will have their own parameters to identify the universe of stock. And over here, the universe of our stock became very narrowed down when we chose an MNC. It is just 90 stocks that we are focusing upon. I'm not saying the other stocks are not good enough in the market. There are many good stocks are there. But when our universe is very clear and our strategy is very much focused, then your decision becomes ma making much more easier over so here. You are saying that, that there are only 90 companies which are listed now as far as... Uh, right. So as market. for the definition that we have kept, like uh, the promoter holdings should be having a substantial say in the market. Promoter could be 40%, 50%. So he is having a control on that particular company or the technology or managerial know-how. The technology has been brought from outside and he is uh, having an equal say in that particular company. So that is what we are looking at. So we are not any examples of that. Sorry, I'm keep disturbing you and asking you these questions because you know no investors no are keen to know about that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So can you give some examples? Uh for the com companies that we are investing in. You talked about the 40%, 50%, 40% stake and 60%. Right. So in our company, so now the first company in our portfolio, the top 10 stocks that you must have seen, like KSB Limited is there. So KSB Pump uh, is into pumps and valves. Uh, they are German company and it's a small cap company in Indian market, but globally within their own market space, they are the leader where they are actually catering to. And 40% is there with the promoter group over here. If you look at Maruti Suzuki, 50% is there with Suzuki Motors, which is a Japanese company over there. Same way Hindustan Unilever. So Unilever is a 
parent company over here same way nestle abb siemens grindwell norton so given by this nature we have close to around 90 companies which is having at least 1000 crore plus market cap so what we are doing we are not going below 1000 crore market cap any company so about 1000 crore market cap we have this universe of close to around 90 odd companies where we are actually filtering into and out of that we try to figure out okay which are the best 20 companies we want to keep so essentially you are saying that these companies have more than 50% ownership in the businesses is that 50% controlling stake basically we are looking at a controlling stake a single promoter is having a controlling stake uh, let's say hdfc or icici bank they they might be having a foreign shareholding but uh, they are not the promoter there are multiple fis who are holding hdfc bank multiple fis holding icici bank also therefore fi holdings might be much higher but they are not the promoter they are not the controlling part so we are looking at the promoter group who is having the say in the company and they are running the show yeah i remember one of the portfolio manager uh, he mentioned categorically that you know as an indian we don't have enough exposure in our own bank hdfc which has been growing for over 27 years for more than 20 years kagar returns despite all that if you look at the shareholding pattern uh, mncs i mean the fii seems to have more exposure in uh, in hdfc right. than the domestic participation all right thank you right. so much for clarifying that the other question is you know generally i mean this is my observation i saw that mnc companies are always traded at a very very high p even today when you look at an approach uh, most of these mnc companies are at all time high in terms of their pe so what yeah. is the logic behind it i wanted to know more from you and if you could share this for the benefit of our viewers what okay. is the reason why mnc companies are always considered to be the higher pe i don't say expensive but high pe stocks correct correct so this is uh, the common i can say this phenomena of higher pe is not a recent phenomena it's been there from quite a long time if you look at from last 20 years okay these stocks have have been already always trading on a higher side the pe multiple whenever you compare to the similar kind of similar sector or similar peer group kind of a company within domestic uh, companies domestic driven company you will always find mncs are always getting a better pe pe valuation and fortunately i can say right now over the last 6 to 7 years it is now that higher pe kind of a concept is now not restricted to multinational companies they we now we are now seeing many indian companies also be it like asian paint pedilite is there astral poly is there many of the this havels polycap vigard uh, industries the consumer driven companies which are there or paint companies which are there who are b2c kind of a business model many companies are now getting this higher kind of a pe so now uh, the reason for this pe and why pe is getting uh, at such a higher valuation when how whether it's justified or not uh, there are different parameters we look at in trying to identify why a company should be getting a higher pe uh, one simple parameter everyone knows is yes chalo just the companies which are having a higher growth rate then definitely it will have a higher pe but over and above the growth rate that we will look at uh, there are many almost 6 7 parameters that we we'll look at one is yes the balance sheet is having debt or not whether the balance sheets are leveraged if their balance sheet is not leveraged cash flows are positive always we will tend to give them a higher pe we look at the corporate governance standard if the corporate governance standard is good the management quality is good then definitely we will like to give that particular company a higher pe if the company is into very niche business model it's not a generic business model it's a niche business model then definitely that business model will always attract a 
higher PE valuation. If the company is the leader in its own market, he's having the maximum market share or he's in the number one, two or three kind of a category, again, that uh, business will get like a higher PE. So even if the growth is coming at 10, 12, 15%, but still, because of the confidence of the investors on those set of companies, we are ready to pay them a higher PE valuation. Something very much similar is like when you are buying a property, you have a choice. You can buy a property in very posh area or you can buy a property in a remote area with the same area, with the same size of the property. But in a posh area, you are ready to pay a better price for that particular property because you are, feel, you are having a sense of safety, social security is there. So that is why you are paying that kind of money for that particular property over there. So something similar happens for these companies also. If investors have confidence in these set of companies, then definitely they are putting more valuation to these set of companies. Sure. And Mayur, you've been evaluating all these MNC companies. What are the three, two, three trades that you might have observed while evaluating maybe their business model or maybe their compliance uh, regulatory requirement or compliance department? Uh, I mean, I also have had an opportunity to work with one of the multinational banks uh, in yeah. India. And what I've realized is that when it comes to compliance, they are ahead of anybody else. Right, right. So right. what do you think, uh, if you could highlight this uh, for the benefit of our viewers, two, three traits about MNCs? No, definitely. So uh, when best part of all these MNC companies, like in terms of corporate governance standard, basically the compliance part actually comes under subject of corporate governance standard only. But if you look at these companies, they don't have to follow only Indian rules and regulations. The Indian company law, the RBI, the FEMA, the SEBI is there. They are catering to, but from the country from where they are originating, the promoter group, because they are again answerable to the promoter. They are answerable to the shareholders in their own parent country also from they are coming. So even they have to, they have to look at the rules, guidelines and regulation from that angle also. So there is a, always a dual check in these multinational companies in terms of their rules, regulations, their regulatory framework, the internal, internal monetary control system, how they are actually uh, uh, laying down their foundation basically. And they have hired professionals at multiple levels to run their business. And they are very crystal clear, like they don't want to have any kind of uh, damage on their brand image. So they are very particular in terms of the compliance and regulatory requirements. Uh, very simple, uh, very simple, I can say, even in our broking industry, just to give you an example of our broking industry. Uh, there are many foreign multinational uh, banks, I can say, who are there in India. Not a bank, maybe a financial institution, maybe Deutsche is there, Citibank is there, who are doing business in India. Uh, if you are an employee of Deutsche and Citibank, if you want, they normally restrict you to have a trading and DMAT account. They will not tell you you don't you don't have to do trading at all. So that kind of restriction and compliance is there. If you are if you found guilty, then they will uh, come throw you out basically from that particular company. Something if if you are an Indian company, if you are working in an Indian broking uh, broking. Uh, uh, then there is no restriction that you can't have a trading and demand account of your own. But yes, maybe six months holding period or one year holding period of the stock minimum has to be there. So I'm just trying to give you a sense like what kind of regulatory and restriction these companies do put uh, when they are running the show within the domestic industry because they are very particular. They never want to get any impact on their brand image. That is uh, there definitely. Yeah. So, uh, what would be the market cap of overall MNCs put together in India? 
all, all the companies you are talking about yeah uh, i am not compared all the companies put together but definitely there are i can say more than i can say top 50 companies which are there they are all are above me i can say 15 20000 crore market cap out okay. of the 90 companies which are there so around 10 15000 crore plus kind of a market cap and many blue chip companies which are part of index also like hindustan liver is there nestle is there uh, uh, even uh, this A- 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 acc ambuja cement these are all multinationals basically which are there bosch about bosch about many many matlab i can say most of them are on the large cap space the top category the top 50 stocks which are there mm-hmm. in of the 90 that we have identified yeah one of the observation is i saw bata also in your list uh, uh, is that uh, you consider that as an mnc or yeah it's very much a multinational companies you can go and check their shareholding pattern also so people do get confused with bata do get they confused with maruti also because they have been seen this company from ages even maybe hindustan unilever the name hindustan is there but many people do get confused and like they think it's pretty much an indian company but uh, they do belong from outside uh, so bata is a giant i can say in that food fair space more than 120 plus companies they are operating into right now at this point of time so it's pretty much a foreign company yeah and most of the uh, uh, these uh, mnc companies have not listed in india so that also we were looking at other day the universe is very large so uh, what do you think they will eventually will be get, getting listed or how is it like for example in car segment you have hyundai you know which is right one of the largest player but not listed yet okay what what i have observed like uh, the universe of these multinational companies which are there in india uh, is to a certain extent they have got narrowed down over the period of time uh let's take an example let's say cadbury so cadbury was listed in india way back in 2003 it got delisted and monlays took over that particular company and now but you can imagine what kind of business these companies having in indian market same way johnson is there johnson and johnson again very good business model same way like you told about hyundai also so uh what i have seen all these companies when they have earlier came to indian market like beat hindustan unilever uh, or nestle is there or abbott is there these companies wanted to have an indian partner okay and maybe i can say maybe some policies and regulatory framework was also there if you are coming and doing business in india then you need to have an indian partner along with you so that was the challenge over the period of time that restriction is now not no more i can say so if the foreign player thinks okay i need to i want to have a complete control of that particular company then they will come and give you that a uh, delisting offers also okay we want to delist and this is the offer price that we are giving it to the public so earlier that uh, regulatory framework which was there which is not there now, right now so if you can have complete ownership outside india as well as you can come in india and do the business also there is no restriction that you need to compulsory have uh, the indian partner although there was some certain restriction in the retail side maybe like walmart and all these companies were trying earlier and there was some talks were going on whether okay bharti airtel was in talks with walmart because they, they in certain segments still there was some restriction maybe like let's say insurance company also the over the period of time now the insurance more and more now uh, government has opened up the avenue that yes fdi can come in on that insurance segment also it was just because of the regulatory framework the indian partners were there the indian shareholders were there earlier now once the each and every sector gets opened up by the 
government then you will see okay a foreign player can directly come in indian market and do a business without having uh, shareholders uh, without having any public holding in this so what are the two three things that you look at when you pick them up in your portfolio right so as far as uh, the strategy goes so uh, one part is there like the universe is very narrow that is around 90 stocks and in each and every sector we have two or three leader companies which are there uh and our portfolio how we have designed it we need to have a uh, one section which is called as consumer non discretionary because that is one bigger chunk uh there where the even the biggest of the companies are there uh hindustan lever nestle colgate glexo consumer and when we look at the pharma companies also like uh, pfizer is there sanofi astrazeneca so this one particular space we always want to have in our portfolio because this portfolio is meant to be little moderate to conservative risk reward strategy and without having this fmcg and pharma i cannot imagine to have a conservative portfolio to a certain extent so that is where so we try to figure out okay who are the leaders in this particular space and even if these companies are growing at the rate of 10 12% also still we would like to continue with that particular company that because these companies provide me enough stability in this in this particular space that is there so and whatever additional alpha creation that i want to do in my portfolio in terms of actual identification of the stock right like how do we identify the stocks and everything so that is where the cyclical consumer discretionary and industrial cap goods kind of a company comes into picture so that is where the alpha or the kicker is coming in so when we try to figure out okay which are the companies that we want to get into in terms of financial number crunching what is more important is yes uh, the balance sheet strength that has to be there so within that balance sheet strength there are a lot many parameters are there the working capital and the asset turnover this is one of the key parameters that we always look at if the company is able to maintain their net working capital to sales kind of a ratio if it is sustainable okay and if they are able to manage their margins Uh, the operating margins are also been able to maintain over the longer period of time and the cash flows we don't want any companies to have a back to back cash flow negative if the cash flow is going negative uh, just because of capex then it's okay if it is not because of capex still it is going negative then something is wrong with their working capital management so that is the prima facie in terms of the number crunching that we try to look at but over and above that yes the subjective element always take over that uh what is the underlying sector looking like uh whether the economy is getting into recovery mode or the euphoria or the bull phase of the market then definitely we would like to add upon to this industrial cap goods engineering kind of companies which are there the cyclical companies but whenever we see okay the economy is not doing good there is some pessimism some recessionary trend is setting in then we would like to shift some of our exposure from this uh, aggressive sector to the defensive sectors so that is the normal strategy we play between defensive and aggressive because most of the companies that out of the 90 companies also we like 50 companies and they are equally good in their own space so there is no question of choice like why one company and why not another company all are good it is only between whether we want to go more into defensive at this point of time or we want to now want to play the recovery of the market let us go aggressive over here yeah but i just looked at your portfolio the top 10 holdings that you at a prime phase i could be wrong but don't you think it looks very defensive so do you think that it can really deliver and outperform the nifty over a period of 2 3 years 
Right, right. So from last three years, we have been able to beat the benchmark, our own MNC index, and even our MN in Nifty index also. So Nifty MNC index as well as Nifty index. Uh, last three years, Nifty uh, CAGR return is close to around thirteen point five percent, and we have got somewhere close to around fourteen percent plus. Uh, so our strategy is very clear. So. uh we do always have some mid caps and small caps as a part of our overall portfolio because that helps us to give us an additional trigger uh we did participate in one of the company that was gmm fodder earlier when we took no one was talking about that company but last one and a half year everywhere it was there in the news about that company we made an exit at 4400 level so we had bought it around 1100 uh, at that time point of time even the liquidity was an issue in that company but the company had a good strong future outlook based on the business that was get driven from chemicals and the pharma company so we got into that company we made very good return with that small cap company and even if you look at right now the the cap goods and the engineering space is now showing the recovery space the ksb limited grindwell norton again these are the companies now because of the infrastructure movement that has started in the market we are seeing lot of traction coming in for these businesses even the industrial automation kind of a business like companies into siemens honeywell automation these companies generally tend to perform when the economic cycles turn around so we have enough growth triggers at this point of time in the portfolio although the names that you have seen earlier like hindustan lever nestle abbott pfizer although it looks defensive but we try to reduce the we try to balance out the proportion between defensives and the aggressive so this is one particular space over the last 6 months we have changed the strategy from defensives to aggressive and that is where we are seeing the last 6 7 month also the the momentum is maintained in the portfolio so this is what we are trying to look at slow and steady but yes a decent return upside would always be there and there are many growth triggers there are many companies in uh, i can say small cap space we have not added uh, there are lot of potential over there also so if time demands if situation demands definitely we can add those companies in that mid cap and small cap very good companies i can say yeah yeah no why i was asking you is because when i was growing up you know in the my uh, early stage of my career so i discussed with one of the famous portfolio manager and he said kuch samajh nahi aa raha hai na vikas to mnc le lene ka you know yeah. so uh, these companies have 40 50 years of track record of operating from india and you know they've been doing very well their ebitda margins have been very very consistent they are able to project and predict you know the the sales more efficiently than anybody else and they were the one who actually adopted the technology first so therefore i was curious to know nothing else so right. okay so how did this portfolio performed uh, when last year market fell down by 27% due to covid 19 and okay. how did this come back yeah. yeah yeah so definitely the portfolio was designed in such a manner to have a lesser drawdown okay whenever the volatility increase in the market the risk factor increases the objective was very much said okay the fall has to be lesser and that was proven actually last year itself that was that you are talking about in march 2020 uh, when market the indices fall because of the covid crisis uh, nifty was down by close to around 25% in one single month uh, whereas our mnc pms was just down by 14% so you can imagine almost 11% alpha was getting created on the drawdown the when the markets did fall 
so this is uh, just just shows like the volatility the risk factor is relatively lower in this portfolio however the same happens on the upside also when the market recovers then yes the aggressive sectors tends to recover much more faster but our mnc will recover slow and steadily it is on its own basically you are no need to worry about this particular portfolio half of the portfolios are legacy kind of a stock so you can safely rely on that uh, and it becomes very much important uh, why i am saying that uh when at a time of need the money should be available this this people don't understand although we always tell ke 3 years 4 years 5 years you put money into equity uh, you will always make money that is true everyone will make money if their investment horizon is more than 3 to 4 years plus uh you can imagine a person who had just invested in a portfolio after one year due to some emergency he is in badly need of money and at the same time market falls badly so if the at the same so he is under dilemma like what to do whether i need to book losses take out my money or from where to get the money if we have if he has put in certain money into certain investments like mnc kind of a portfolio the drawdown would be lesser and if it, at the time of need that money could be easily pulled out so that is with the basic objective so it is not always the return is mattering but sometimes risk also equally matters when you are investing money that is why you put money into fds bond also why why you are not putting all money into equities because you try to diversify your overall portfolio and this is what this mnc portfolio actually helps to diversify your equity portfolio and at time of need it definitely helps you all right so last question from my end uh, then we'll move on to question and answer so i would request uh, all the participant to uh, write their questions in q and a box uh, and then i'll be shooting those questions to mayur right uh, so mayur last question is uh, you know uh, what kind of investors you think uh, should be investing in mnc uh, uh, pms portfolio of yours uh, because mm-hmm. there are other uh, thematic mutual funds also available in the same segment so what kind of right. investor should should uh, should they look at investing in your pms right so we have always try and promoted this particular pms as a part of the overall asset allocation so if when you are doing your own financial planning when you are doing your asset allocation like uh, how much money you want to put into debt how much money you want to put into equity within equity also you have number of alternatives large cap funds mid cap small cap funds mutual funds are always there there are people who are doing investment into direct equity also and we try to do a breakup so any investor who is having an inclination of uh, having a large cap oriented portfolio so mnc is the best portfolio that he needs to have uh, reason being this portfolio definitely helps you to diversify your overall risk because in most of the large cap mutual fund that you must be owning the top 10 stock when you look at out of uh, that top 10 stock except for tcs infosys and reliance everything would be banking and financial be it hdfc bank icici bank axis uh, bajaj finance those category would be there if you really want to complement that particular portfolio try to have mnc as a theme along with that it, because the stocks are different it doesn't have any banking and financial and in spite of not having any banking and financials over the last 15 years even mnc index has been able to deliver equally good return compared to nifty and our objective is how we can beat even mnc index so this is one portfolio which needs to be there in every client's portfolio if your overall equity portfolio size is more than 2 2.5 crore then 50 lakhs i can say definitely you should consider in this mnc pms yeah 
So, couple of questions from uh, uh, some of our investors. So, the first question is from Mr. Arora. Can you ask yeah. about Tasty by taken over by Mars now? So, what is your views? Can you can you repeat? What is your view about Tasty by uh, recently been taken over by Mars now? Okay, okay. So, uh, th I'm, uh, we are not tracking this particular space. Uh, we are looking at only on the listed companies which we, which are there into this particular universe at this point of time. Yeah. Definitely, these kind of acquisition do trigger, do help uh, to increase the valuations uh, of the similar kind of a businesses which are there, which are on the listed space. Definitely. Okay. The other question is why do you why did you exit from GMM if the prospects looks uh, so promising? Uh, good question. Uh, so I just wanted to give some elaborate elaboration on the business model gmm is into b2b business model so what do you mean by b2b so they are not making any products which are getting utilized by the end consumer they are the corporates they are the chemical companies the pharma companies fmcg companies which are utilizing their glass line reactors filtration equipment mixtures which are there now in a b2b business model okay they are always capital intensive so it's very difficult for a company to keep on growing at the rate of 40-50%. It's a small cap company. Why it was getting little premium valuation? Because the user industry was having a lot of traction, which was there. And being a market leader within its own space, GMM was having almost 55% uh, plus uh, market share in this glass line reactor. So when we purchased also at 1100 the stock was trading at around 30 PE. Still, we had gone and bought that particular company because the growth was supporting and side by side, the user industry demand that we were forecasting for the next two to three years plus was also supporting that, that the demand is constantly going to be there. Now, over the period of time, a very, I can say not over the period, very, very short period, within one year's time frame, the stock went up from 1,100 to almost 4,000 plus. And at 4,000 plus also, it was trading at 100 P. So there was no justification for us like a stock is trading at 100p with a B2B kind of a business model where the growth rate is not going to be there more than 20-25% unless and until they do any kind of inorganic acquisition. However, those inorganic acquisition would be always challenged given the valuation at what the current price that the stock is trading at. So we did a partial exit at 2500, at 3700, at 4400, we completely moved out. No doubt from that 4400 also, it went up to 7000 later on. And to your knowledge, the foreign promoter, the foreign promoter itself, find it too exorbitant valuation. He came, he came out with an OFS, open offer, at a price of 3500. So you can imagine even the foreign player who is who was an investor in this company, he made an exit at that valuation. No doubt the company's growth model is strong. The user industry demand is strong. But sometimes even valuation becomes important. Uh, something similar, we have done it with Abbott Laboratory also. We have done a partial profit booking at around 1800 zone. And we have reduced our weightage. So whenever we find the valuation becoming too aggressive or the stock uh, weightage in my portfolio has become too high, we always try to reduce the gains over there, the profits. We try to book profits and do an exit. So. Yeah, I think he's saying that tasty bite is listed. They make some uh, organic uh, food consumers, uh, consumable items. Tasty bite. 
I need need to check about the same because maybe it might not be coming under this multinational earlier. Uh, less than thousand crores of market cap. It might okay, be. Okay, yeah, that's that's why. So below thousand crore market cap. Your universe is about thousand crores. Okay. All right. Uh, the second question is uh, from Mr. Malviya. Uh, is this the right time to invest in PMS uh, given the large ticket size and current rally which which happened in the markets in last two three months time? Uh, right. I actually we missed out on the market outlook. Maybe most of you must be having the similar kind of doubts, like where we are heading and the market at this point of time. Uh, markets are uh, mean, meant to go on a higher side over the longer period. That is the universal thing because we are into emerging market at this point of time. Uh, inflation is always going to be supportive for the prices to move on a higher side. You can imagine if uh, the global bankers, the global central bankers, the Indian market, they are infusing liquidity into the system at this point of time in order to revive the growth. Out of all the money that is getting infused into the system, not all the money is pulled back. With, with more and more money into the system, with inflation always catching up in the market, so ultimate direction for all the asset classes. And if the asset classes are showing growth momentum, then definitely it has to move on a higher side. Now, coming to where we are standing at this point of time, no doubt, 15,500 plus, the markets always look expensive. Something similar had happened in 2008 also. From in 2008, when correction came from 6,200, we went to almost 2,500 zone. And again, we came back to that 6,200. People were having that apprehension. Okay, markets are again at all-time high. What is going to happen? But we have seen markets are making an up move direction. Now, looking at the valuation, the setup at this point of time, uh, Indian markets are going through some challenging phase because of the second wave of COVID. This, this second and third wave is already being witnessed by the developers. If you look at the global market, the US market, the European market, they have already gone through that particular phase and their economy is now, now overshooting growth. Even the inflation is now catching up much faster in the global market at this point of time. So the growth is coming back globally. Maybe in India, it might be a little delayed, but yes, the growth will definitely come back once the unlocking happens within the markets. And we are already seeing that kind of a phenomena. Best part is in the current lockdown, uh, the mobility index has not dropped much. In the last quarter, last year, when we look at the June quarter, uh, there was a complete lockdown. There was no movement happening. At least in this current lockdown, at least the manufacturing setup is working. The exports units are working over here. The mobility is there. Uh, there is hardly, I can say, only the people who are onto the direct retail side of non-essential items. The people are into the hotel and tourism kind of an industry. That is where we are seeing the maximum pain over here. Otherwise, I can say 80-85% of the economy is still able to survive in this kind of a lockdown. And they have managed to at least do a decent business over here. Maybe consumer discretionary and luxury. These are the only items which has got impacted. Uh, but best part is the CAPEX and the infrastructure side of the activity is still moving on uh, after the budget, the, what government has given trust to. Uh, and that is what we are seeing in many of the cap good companies also. Companies like LNT, companies like Siemens, ABB. Everyone is having very good order book at this point of time. It is just showing that economy is just ready to bloom from the current level uh, interest rates are at such a lower level so this in lower interest rate always help 
many of the sectors which are interest sensitive one of the key segment i can say real estate after demonetization there was complete dryness in real estate prices prices were not moving and slowly and steadily the volumes have also got impacted but now we are we are seeing with enough liquidity into the system this one sector has started to show very good momentum traction and this is very big sector for the economy many ancillary sectors are getting benefited with the real estate taking an up move so real estate infrastructure private capex everything is showing very good picture if you look at the broader market over the last 3 years we have been consolidating and correcting just take an example of mid cap and small cap index also here yes. small cap index just 10 to 15 days back they have managed to come back to their 2018 peak level mid cap index just around two and a half three months back they managed to broke that 2018 peak level whereas nifty had already broken their 2018 peak level way back in 2019 itself so there was a complete divergence between a broader market and few selected stocks which are helping the market to go on a higher side but now the trend is reversing now we are seeing more and more broader participation which is helping the market to move on a higher side so there is no need to worry with the valuation at this point of time because current valuation we are looking at last 12 months earning out of that last 12 months earning two quarters were bad that was last year's june quarter and last year's september quarter's earnings were bad so until that time we don't move those two quarters from the base and another two quarter gap keeps on getting added that is current june quarter numbers are out and current september quarter's bens numbers are out you will see we are growing even if we are in lockdown last year's june in the current june current june quarter whenever numbers would be there we will see positive growth only even for the september also so corporate earnings would be always supportive would be sentiments would be always positive unless and until we don't see any liquidity tightening which is happening globally that is why where the concern is at this point of time because globally inflation has started to rise commodity prices are moving up fuel prices are moving up but the global central bankers will like to would like to wait for at least 2 to 3 more quarters before taking any measures for liquidity tightening because they need to see the consistency in the growth whether the this growth of one quarter is sustainable is going on sustainably or not there could be always a reason of a pent up demand which has inflated the growth in one quarter they have to see for the couple of four quarters to make a fruitful decision okay yes it's time now to go for tightening so i can say for next one year till december at least there is no need to worry as such market will be always supportive even if some correction comes that would be a shallow correction it's time to be with the market at this point of time sure the other question is from mr ganpati is asking that your company like a bot and senofi they are also equally good and outstanding companies but they don't seems to be a part of your portfolio they are uh, about uh, is very much their part of our portfolio senofi is, is also their part of our portfolio earlier we had reduced our weightage in defensive so right now we only have pfizer and about but we did participate in senofi we did got really good dividend also last year almost 6 to 7% dividend yield that uh, senofi had declared so companies are good many companies are there but we try to balance out the portfolio between aggressive to defensive if we think okay we need to increase the allocation of defensive then yes sanofi definitely comes into picture after pfizer and abbott definitely that is a candidate sure so other question interesting question from mr devendra he wants to know do you see any kind of competition from local players to mncs in near future 
the way uh, you know government of india is talking about sharpening the skill set of the employees or talking about adopting the new technologies and these indian entrepreneurs have are also emerging as you know uh, one of the largest players in their segments uh, for example you look at reliance or you look at any other company so you think that uh, there is going to be a big competition for these mnc's to operate in india it's definitely competition is always going to be there for any company whether it's mnc or within indian domestic company also uh, but uh, these the multinational companies which are operating in india just to give you an example they are pretty much indian i can say these companies are having manufacturing setup also in india their end consumer market is also in india so we are not going away from the market of indian markets even the their employee set the skill set that you are talking about everything is they are actually utilizing india's skill set only it's not that they are going outside india what they bring is the global technology which a foreign player a foreign at a, their parent company or any other group subsidiary company would have invented and that added advantage comes to the indian market so that is where the edge is coming uh, i can just to give you an example uh, now take an example of companies like siemens abb and now take an example of lnt so lnt is definitely a giant in its own space the scale of operation what lnt does uh, definitely cannot be matched with siemens india or abb india siemens globally yes siemens globally must be having a much bigger valuation much bigger business that they are doing i'm talking about the indian player but within india within india wherever these mnc company feels okay if there is too much of competitive competition intensity there is no more value added over there they try always try to upgrade themselves they are not even uh, worried about to leave away any certain set of business like siemens and abb long back they have moved out from this infrastructure side of the business they have now gone into more into automation kind of a business so that is where the differentiating factor comes if they find the business are becoming too competitive the margins are getting squeezed then definitely they would like to let uh, let go those kind of a business and focus on key areas where they can optimize further so that is the way these mncs are actually operating the indian market or any other market across the world understood so last question uh, and then we'll uh, i would uh, allow mr divan ji to speak because i think he has raised his hand so he would like to speak uh, right. one second so last question is uh, yeah so what's your exit strategy is from um, uh, mr vikas uh, and what is your churn ratio okay okay uh, within this mnc portfolio the churn ratio is very low at this point of last 3 years average churn ratio is just 28% so let's say someone who would have invested 1 crore at the beginning of the year in the entire next one year only 28% that is only 28 lakhs worth of stock has got changed so churn ratio is relatively lesser because our universe is also pretty much crisp and we would like to continue with the with the companies as long as far as possible till the, till the time going is good now coming to the exit part like what is the exit strategy the exit strategy works in three parts basically one is the company is doing good the growth is also there we would like definitely like to keep on continuing with that particular company however if the weightage in that particular company at a, as as far as the overall portfolio weightage goes so if single stock weightage increases to 9 or 10% in my portfolio we reduce it back to 6 to 7% so we go for some partial profit booking we encash those profit and see to it that the overall portfolio 
So diversification is maintained. So that is one part of exit that a partial exit. The second part of exit I have already explained to you about the valuation part, like GMM formula, like how we did an exit, why we moved out from GMM formula because the valuation was not supportive enough. Because at certain point uh, we don't want to go overboard in one of any small or mid cap company with an exorbitant valuation. So we do keep a check on valuation. Uh, and third part is yes, if the company is genuinely not doing good or the outlook for that company or the outlook for that sector is not looking promising, we do cut allocation. Just to give you past example of our MNC portfolio, way back in 2018, when we started the portfolio, we had close to around 7.5% in Maruti. We had Webco again into that auto segment or Webco is into anti-lock braking system for use for commercial vehicles. We had SKF bearing and Scheffler India. Again, Scheffler India was having more exposure to auto. After three months, four months down the line, after starting up with the portfolio, we realized auto is going for its own challenges. There was a lot of challenge in the auto industry. Then auto was not performing. So after six months down the line, we took an action. We reduced the allocation of Maruti, even at loss also. However big the companies, but if the outlook for that company or the sector is not good enough, so we reduced allocation in Maruti. We sold out completely Webco and out of Scheffler and SK, we also moved out of Scheffler. So these were the decisions that we have taken based on the, if the outlook is not looking promising for a company or a sector, then definitely we take an exit call. So there is no target or stop loss kind of a thing when we are managing this particular portfolio. It's all about valuation, the weightage in that particular stock, and then the outlook of that particular stock, which matters. All right. So it was pleasure speaking with you, Mayur. Uh, with this, uh, we don't have any more questions for you. Uh, so in right. case uh, any of our participants have any questions, uh, please feel free to write to me at Vikas at AIFPMS.com or uh, if you would like to uh, know more about one second, there is one question. Uh, if Okay, uh, so what we'll do is Devanji will answer this question separately for you. Uh, after this call, we'll call you. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so thank you so much once again. Thank you, uh, Mayur, for joining me in uh, taking the time out from your busy schedule and joining in answering all the questions so patiently so thank you yeah thank you because yeah i hope i have been able to answer to most of your queries to your satisfaction still if any one of you are thinking to have a one-to-one -one kind of a dialogue or conversation if you think this proposition makes sense for you you can get in touch with vikasji and vikasji can connect to us and we can um, uh, make you comfortable with this particular piece certainly certainly all right thank you thanks thank, thank you everyone. thank you uh, Deepak Ji. thank you everyone Thank you.